Da, 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 da. Nah, hold on, hold on, hold on. We haven't done our intro yet. Super keen beans. You seriously, you put, you put one cup of coffee into this man and, and all he does is bounce off the walls and start singing songs. This might be a little bit of a different podcast today because rather than being on the other side of the world... We're snuggled you, on the couch. We are. Snuggled up in bed. Yeah. We should take a photo. And put it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get blocked from Facebook. We're just oh, practicing for our little tent expedition, aren't we? Just, um, Jeez, yeah. people are probably sick of hearing this by now. Yeah. But do you know what? You know what I got this from? Have you seen Happy Feet? Yes. Yeah, so what? the penguins, that's how they stay warm. They huddle and sing together. So Is that what? No. No, no Matt. No, Not no, happening. No. God, I'm hoping it's going to be very mild weather. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Good to see you. And what are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about the shiny new camera syndrome. Shiny new camera syndrome. Also kind of gas. Gear acquisition syndrome is the other oh, one that people talk about. But yeah, it's really. Just thinking whether we could acronym that shiny, bright, mm, shiny, whatever camera thingy. SNC. Anyway, gas. Anyway. Gas. Have you been gassed lately? <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get into it? Let's do it. They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Puck with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Tom, just get off your phone, seriously. I'm getting very important messages. Should I turn it over or turn it down or do something? I think that the uh, the general etiquette these days is not to turn it over or turn it down. It's just to turn it off. Turn it off, off, off. Hey, uh, what have you been up to? I was just going to let you know, Weather Zones told me there's a sheep grazier's warning for southwest and central in case that was going to affect our podcast. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, it turned out to be a bloody nice day and then it, look at it. It's really miserable out there. Oh, this is horrible. not a good omen for our upcoming expedition. No, I think it's good. You reckon? It's going to get it out of its system now. Put all of lo- lots of lovely fresh snow on the ground, mm. and then it's perfect for us to walk on when we are floating above the clouds. Or are you thinking like <laughs> I know that we always see this is where it's going to get really contra- <laughs> controversial, not controversial, contradictory and hype. Um, was it the when you? Uh, you yes. know when you contradict yourself, you say something uh, and then you say something yeah, that's the opposite. It starts with H and I'm You're a hypochondriac. Mental- no. <laughs> <laughs> Hypocritical. Hypocrite. There we go. Yes. Um, is that we always bang on about, you know, oh, the best time to be out shooting is in the worst conditions until yeah. you get the best photos. And here yes. we are actually hoping for like blue skies and a bit of boringness. If it's like looking stormy there's part mm. of me that's kind of like that'll be exciting but then also we've all seen you know like we've all seen what happens in documentaries with people in mountains we were talking the other day about the snow it wasn't apparently it's not a snow axe it's an ice pick um, an ice axe we yeah, talking, an ice pick, ice, yes. it's not an ice axe yeah ice pick i got <laughs> a yeah. pick, an axe it sounds like i'm going to cut you into pieces yeah, and leave you behind well you know what i got a message straight after that podcast went live and they said oh it's not an ice axe it's an ice pick you idiot yes. an ice axe is what you use to make ice for cocktails Oh, like, oh well, we legit. Yeah. We probably need to bring one of those as well. <laughs> pack the ice pick and the ice pack, uh, ice axe. Yep, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that it, it hopefully would be variable weather mm-hmm. because then you've got like a little war story to tell. You know, like as we are vlogging it and we're going to be doing video and audio and we're just going to, you know, document every square inch of this hike. It, it would be boring if it was just blue sky every day. We need drama. We've built it up to be something quite epic. 
And if yeah. it's not, people will just go, oh my God, you guys, look at you. How hard was that? So Totally. Yeah. I mean, it would be good to have a war story, but I also don't want the war story to sort of be on the news. I want to like, tell people <laughs> my war story. I don't want them to tell me about how they saw my war story play out. Yeah. Well, you know, then flashbacks come to me of those two snowboarders who, you know, went up that part of the world and got buried in an avalanche. No, I didn't know that. Oh, let me send you the link. We're staying on the top of the mountain though, aren't we? Really? Like we're not in, we can't stay really get avalanched from, on because... Stay away from the edges. Yeah. Mm. There's things called cornices. So when the uh, weather, bad weather comes through, the snow accumulates on the edge of a mountain, so to speak. Like it happens a lot at Feathertop mm. and people have actually died on Feathertop as well. Oh, good. They get too close to the edge. That cornice gives way because there's nothing supporting it. It's like a, think of it like a, a veranda or a balcony, right? Like a wave, the top of a wave? Yeah, like yeah. top of a wave. It's frozen and they get too close to the edge and it just gives way and then all of a sudden you're tumbling down a mountain and uh, that sounds like it would be fun. But not when you go for, you know, more than a couple of meters mm. because you tend to sort of bash yourself on the head a bit. Yeah. And that doesn't work for anyone. I'll have Unless to bring, we're going to wear helmets. We could. I could bring my old rugby <laughs> helmet. You know those um, the little... I could bring my ice hockey helmet. Oh, my, there we not go. my ice hockey, but my hockey helmet. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be terrifying, running into someone in the middle of a, <laughs> the middle of winter in the Alpine region in a forest where it's snowing and you're all on your own and then Tom comes out wearing an ice hockey helmet. It looks great. Yeah, it thanks, looks Jason. Great, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, it'll be fun. I think we're I think we're looking well prepared for it. We are, and you know what? This kind of has you know like the teeterings of the start of our topic today. But we're not going to get straight into it. But I am here at the Tom Putt residence. <laughs> uh, we've been checking out some Illust- equipment. Illustrious residence, yes. Because we've um, we are we are trying to make sure that we're really well prepared for this. And um, Tom's just shown me through his box of goodies. And, uh, and also a box of goodies that are not yet in the backpack that is already mostly full. Bulging. Bulging. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Your backpack looks like my stomach after a big meal. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yes, it's bursting at the seams yeah. and it's got half the stuff in it. So yeah. I don't know what we're going to do there. No. But hold on. You've got an empty pack almost. Right? I have almost. Well, I don't even have a pack yet. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I'm actually on my way so after you're this not, to go and get a pack. You're not carrying anything. No. I'm carrying all of it. I was actually Thanks, hoping mate. there'd be some stirrups on your pack so I could sit on top of it. Like, um, you know, yeah. Or we just tie a rope to it and you're going to be there with the skis. Oh, and you can just, good, I can just it? tow you. I'll just you pull you along. My, like my little sled dog. Yep. Yeah. yeah, happy enough to do that. You do have yeah. the salt and pepper hair thing going. Like huskies tend to be that tone of colour. So, Jeez, thanks. Yeah, you just need to grow that beard out a little bit. I always said to Mary that I, I think the salt and pepper thing needs to happen after you're fifty. If it happens before, it's not. Mm. It's not a good look. I've not gone down the salt and pepper line. You're, I'm actually just graying. You are going a little. It's not salt and pepper though. It's just kind are of you gone forty yet. Patches. No, I'm not forty yet. Oh my god, that's too early to be happening. I'm I'd be dying out that. of my twenties. I'd be dying that if. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, hardly. Hardly. <laughs> hardly. What year are you living in? Yeah. Well, Jesus. Obviously, a few years Back ago. Back in the 90s. Hey, I tell you we, what. COVID years don't count. Oh, really? Oh, really? So you're just taking two years off your age now? No, I'm sort of trying to take like seven off because so- of the anticipation of COVID as well. Bill Gates called it well before it happened. You know? So really, I don't turn 50 next year. I turn like maybe 48, 45, something like that. I can't believe you. Oh, it's the man of the hour. I mean, the woman of the hour. Whoops. <laughs> Hi, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, darling. Just so you know, there was a quick crutch check there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, babe, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> Come and join us, darling. We're just talking about our adventure. Um, visual. Visual. <laughs> no, that's all right. We'll put, we'll put up a screen grab. <laughs> and if not, I've, I'm pretty good at drawing. I could... <laughs> 
That's it. Well, been talking since I left. No, we've been doing other stuff and getting the gear together, baby. Yeah, not much talking going on. That was for sure. No. Okay. Um, so we got distracted yeah, by so the, I'm, my I'm very some... beautiful bride that just walked in. Oh, wow. keep isn't forgetting she that, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't she amazing? Mm-hmm. Um, Make sure we can live through to 2024 so I can get married. Uh, we are thinking as well, though. I know that you haven't heard about this, Tom, but the listenership, we all got in touch the other day. Um, he called me and um, we were discussing whether or not we, we might stick the um, the mics on at the wedding and, and it could be a podcast episode. <sighs> God forbid, that would be very boring for people. <laughs> Mary's already talked about live streaming. Yeah, I know. That's rubbish. Yeah, That's I, not happening. Yeah, okay. No, no. Who, in the, who is interested, honestly? No one. We yeah, are. That's about that, it. But you, you're That's on TikTok it. now, so you'd know just we how are. much rubbish goes up on the TikTok. <laughs> all, like, all over like TikTok. Completely We utterly. figured that there was enough shit on TikTok that we might as well just add to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just so be part of the problem. That's it. Be part of the problem, not the solution. Mm-mm-mm. Speaking of which, you're talking about the listenership. Yeah. Don't forget that somewhere in this episode, Ooh. we've got to announce, maybe we should throw it in now. Maybe people, because this is now becoming a world-famous podcast- it's possible that people aren't listening to the podcast and they're zooming through the last couple of minutes for the code word. Or they're just going to the Reddit thread, which just lists <laughs> the podcast um, thing. Com- competition the, the, words. Yeah, competition uh, Do you section. think that's what's happening? Yeah. Right. We're Competitions of, pod, of podcasts. And yeah, they're going, the this is thread. the secret code word for Matt and Tom's excellent photography podcast. Mm. And they're going, right, I can enter the comp without even listening to it. That's yeah. great. Your phone, you didn't come in with it. Um, so... Why don't we announce? Why don't we announce the? Let's the, do it. The word right now. The word. Ooh. The, the the magic word that everybody. If you go to the Facebook group page, the Matt and Tom's Excellent Podcast Facebook group page, you'll look at the show notes for today's podcast, and you'll find a link in there, and it'll mm. tell you how to enter this week's competition, and you will go into the draw for. It's the brilliant it's prince. Brilliant prince. Yeah. A good. You're looking at me like I was supposed to organise something. <laughs> I there. didn't know whether you had or not. You see, this is the sort of stuff I we've we're, got to we're discuss. We're alternating at the moment. So, yes, we um, can alternate. This yeah. is the sort of stuff we've got to discuss before we jump on, on yeah. live on air. Especially with the people who are giving us the prizes. Thank you, Nigel, for your um for your Nigel at Camera House. Yeah, at Camera House in yep. Croydon. Um, for for, your, for um, I guess accepting our forced <laughs> prize, um, that we we inflicted upon you last week but um, yep. no Nigel's stoked to be on board as well um, oh, that's from great. Camera House but but your mates at Brilliant Prince do you want to tell us a little bit about them so that they at least get some airtime? you know yeah yeah we do they deserve it so I've known Liam who started the business he did one of my first he did one of the first canvases for me so he started off in canvas printing and the little story about Liam I'm sure he won't mind me telling you is that he was buying a canvas for his mum for Mother's Day and he bought it from a local market and it was a little bit shit Mm. And he said, "Wasn't to him, your print, was it? <laughs> it was actually. <laughs> he goes, not only is this print rubbish, but the canvas is rubbish too." And he said, "I could probably do this better myself." So he did a little bit of research, mm. and he uh, bought a secondhand printer from Nick Rains. Now, anyone who knows landscape photography here in Australia might know Nick. He's um, yeah, he's def- been photographing definitely. for years, yeah. and he bought a, a secondhand printer from him. Started printing his own canvas, and the rest is history. He would literally print the canvases in his in his house and he would then dry the canvases on his parents' beds and then he would ship them out to his customers and that's how it all started and now it's bigger than Ben-Hur and he's doing, he does a great job. Canvas prints, frame prints, prints on metal, uh, metal prints on acrylic, um, albums, 
He services mainly the wedding and portrait industry. Yep. But if you're after any of those sorts of products, yeah. he does an amazing job. And so I've known Liam for over 15 years. And if you come to my gallery, when you come to my gallery, mm. all of that work is done by brilliant prints. There you go. You know what? I reckon it would be a really good industry that's not been cracked yet. Maybe this could be a little business venture of ours. Okay. So Shh, don't tell anyone. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, dead don't secret. Tell but like printing on all these different mediums. But you know what I haven't seen anyone do yet mm. is tattoo photography so like you can get a print just tattooed on you wow and it's painless no and it takes about five minutes it's got a proper story to it and it takes a long time but imagine that getting one of your big abstracts done on your forehead or something like that (laughs) it'd look better than my forehead at the moment (laughs) we could do that we could get I don't know. I can't come up. That'd with be kind of cool, enough. though. I think is is mm, a tra- like a, a like a transfer, like a like a tattoo transfer of a print. Have you got any tattoos? No, I'm going to get one though. Oh, mum, really? sorry, I'm not. <laughs> You're terrible, Muriel. No, I have been thinking. Your my poor run- mother. I've been doing my little runs in the morning as our little yes. training for our thing. I'm up to 160 kilometers this month, so we're on the 17th at the moment. I That's think, amazing. 18th. So you're doing 10k a day. 10 roughly. to 11k a day, and with one day off a week, which is not healthy and it's a terrible idea. But anyway, I'm doing it just up to our training. No, it's a terrible idea to <laughs> take a day off. Don't take a day off, mate. Just keep going seven days a week. But I've been using that time. I've actually been thinking I'd love to get a little tattoo of some sort that had some kind. Of, you know, like just a, a bit of a, a bit of meaning, but I, I just don't think I can think of anything meaningful enough. You know what my mum says? Mm. My mum says, I didn't carry you for nine months and look after you all that time for you to go and ruin your body by having a tattoo put on it. So I'm barred. And how about ruining your body by like eating too many chips? Is that, is <laughs> that drinking, also a problem? Drinking too much alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, in many ways I've ruined Being my body. 10 kilos yeah. overweight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably a little bit of a problem. Having high cholesterol. Well, here's the thing. She might have carried you for nine months and credit to her, that was amazing. But you've also carried yourself now for another 48 years. So you owe yourself <laughs> something, you know? I've, I've done all right, haven't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. arguably, yeah. I, I, she's, there were three things that she said I couldn't do when I was younger. In life, she said I couldn't get a tattoo. Mm. I wasn't allowed to smoke. And I wasn't allowed to get a motorbike. And I rang her about 10 years ago and I said, Mum, do you remember those three things? And she said, no. So really, I probably could have ignored that and just done all of them. <laughs> but I was so in the fear of God that she would still remember that uh, I went and did, I got a motorbike license because I had a gallery in South Melbourne selling you know, portraits and I lived in Hampton. So for those who don't know Melbourne, that's down the beach side. And so you could drive like half an hour along the beach with all this traffic. And I was going to get one of those little mopeds with a, a you know, a trailer on the back mm. advertising my business. And I was going to ride that up to work every go. day. By the and way, so, you did forget a crucial part of that story just then when you said for everyone who doesn't know Melbourne, you forgot to mention for all of those of you who are in Luxembourg. <laughs> for all the um, international who, yeah, listeners international out there. International listeners in Luxembourg. You um, yes. You wouldn't know Melbourne, obviously, but. <laughs> you know how the Luxembourg thing came about, don't I you? I don't. We met this young girl, uh, Anna, Anna, I think her name was, in Botswana. And she was traveling by herself and she's very interested in photography. And we got to know her and she was asking lots of questions, which was great. Kind of like Mary was mentoring her as such. And anyway, she... Uh, we told her about the podcast. She clearly listened to it and was the only person in Luxembourg who listened to it. Wow. We went number one in Luxembourg because of that. Which is crazy. Do they not have podcasts uh, in Luxembourg? Clearly not. Their standard's very low. We might have started something. <laughs> we we might have started something. All of those people in Luxembourg now who are recording video mm. or, sorry, photography podcasts, 
that thanks to us, mate. We've broken the ground. We've well, I'm just going to say blanket. They probably don't have podcasts, but they do now. Well, maybe. Thanks to thanks to the World Wide Web, we can now bring this insightful, meaningful podcast to them. And there's people, you know, you'll find landscape photography or photography in general will explode mm. in Europe, let alone Luxembourg, because of this podcast. Actually, can I tell you a fun story completely and utterly unrelated to anything photography based? Perfect. That can absolutely fit. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's here. all we've done for the first <laughs> 15 minutes of this podcast. But, so my parents, they travel a lot. Like, they're always traveling. Yeah, because they're uber rich, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. I get it from. It's, um, <laughs> it's Sammy yeah. Downs. Thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Gates. Um, <laughs> but the, your surname's Crummins. Oh, you changed it because you didn't yeah. want to be associated well, with them? you know what? I want my podcast to be famous. I mean, our podcast to be famous, you know, mm. for, for us, yeah. not for my heritage. I know. My dad's know. Warren Buffett as yeah. well. So, you know, changed my name for that. Yeah. Kept the double T at the end. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Did you like that? Was. Mm. I just, what, his name's Was. 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 Was I? But anyway, they travel a fair bit. And with my family from dad's side is half Russian, half Latvian, right? Ooh, that sounds like a lethal combination. Well, yeah, I well, <laughs> met my grandparents, yep. Um, <laughs> well, I've met your dad. He was okay. He's all right, yeah. He's it's been watered of, down as a oh, scholar for the generations. Yeah, but maybe. you know, he's also, he's got his, anyway, he's, he's got some interesting uh, interesting Eastern European traits. Ooh. Um, Idio- lack lack of them, lots of filters. You we know. call them idiosyncrasies. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. one word That's for way to put it right now, um, he, he's the sort of person who would meet you on day one and, and like suddenly within five seconds he'd be asking you how much money you've saved for a house deposit kind of thing like just Ooh. no filters kind of person um, i don't mind that yeah no he's, he's very it's good because he's no bullshit you know yes but uh, anyway that's not the point the point is they went to <laughs> latvia um to is visit some point? of their like his family like quite oh you know it's quite detached family now mm-hmm. um but they were over there. Latvia apparently is a really beautiful country um, to visit. Amazing countryside and stuff mm. like that. And his, so my grandfather lived in a place called Aluxna. And it is a relatively regional place. And they were about three or four hours out of that area. So anyway, mum and dad go over there to visit. And um, they stayed, or they visited um, these distant relatives um, who still lived in a in very primitive kind of house. You know, mm. like the old like kitchens outside, out the back mm. kind of thing. Like yes. it's all very, you know, um, it's probably what you'd almost start to think, but described to me as almost third worldy kind of thing. Not dissimilar to the house we're in now. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, very, yeah. <laughs> um, less wall art. Um, okay. <laughs> no, but apparently um, through translation, they got chatting because there was a there was a, another cousin there who was an intermediary. Apparently they were unaware that someone had landed on the moon. Right, because they are so remote there, yes. and the the media is not—it's very insular media over mm. there. Um, they would not believe that, that someone had landed on the moon, um, and that the Americans. So it was the Americans that had landed on the moon, yes. and it was the Russians that had landed on the moon. And right. then he began to parade around the house with his big flag, wow, um, and and refused to believe that that someone had landed, like actually rocketed to the moon or something. And just go, wow, it's like so, yeah. Yeah, that's quite so, amazing, isn't it? Um, so hopefully this podcast also gets to Latvia so that we can start to spread the word. Perhaps if we just mention the word Latvia enough, it'll just start <laughs> it. popping up in Google that's or Z- you Zuckerberg know, Apple and Elon Musk will be uh, <laughs> spruiking us all over the place. We are. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, Luxembourg has now got podcasts and um, the, the family heritage has also helped to educate some of the regional parts of Latvia about the man on the moon. We should probably just guilt our listenership into actually sharing, liking, and telling other people about this podcast. They should tell someone yeah. about the podcast. That's the if best you, thing you can do to help us, isn't it? If you listen to this podcast 
at all. I was going to say regularly, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think we've got any of those listeners. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> I know that some people like Karina. Hello, Karina. She listens to it on her morning walks. She sent me an email today and saying my morning walks are so much more enjoyable. There you go. Because she's listening to the world's best number one photography podcast. Do you know four out of my six people on Sunday or Saturday um, on my workshop, yes. my street tr- workshop, listen to the podcast, sadly? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I think we actually do have a few people out there listen. I'm really sorry that that's how things have turned out for you as well. But um, but well, we haven't, you know, we, we didn't get to, we were going to do the, the, the secret word. Yeah. About 10 minutes ago, we mentioned that we we're going to say the secret word. Well, this the is good because then hopefully people have, have had to listen, listening for the next 10 the minutes. History of the world in the meantime. That's it. They've listened to all that diatribe. Do you want to listen to the. Is diatribe the word? No, because no one can spell that. <laughs> diatribe. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Perfect. You have to look it up. Yes, diatribe. That's spelled the correctly the it has Australian to be, way, not the American way. It has to be spelled correctly in the Australian English. Yeah. Not the Queen's English or the King's yep. English, the Aussie English. And we'll leave it to you to decide if it's capitalised or not. Diatribe? Or, or in this start. particular case. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Case sensitive, secret word. Uh, and we will not forget, obviously, to call somebody as well. We have to allow time for that. Yeah, true. Well, should we talk about our topic? Yes. Let's talk about the topic for today. How many minutes are we? Oh, geez. A lot. 21. Yeah. Yeah. It's about, it's about right. We've landed it about, yes. about where it normally <laughs> does. For those who have fast forwarded up until now, congratulations to you. You've missed all the Bang shit. on. And you are right on the topic for today. You guessed how many jelly beans were in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we had a pretty good... Uh, response to our Oxfam 100-kilometre walk. Oh, did that we? you proposed for next year. Yes. Lovely. We've, we've had a few people have put their hands up. So I think we should do it then. Okay. Done. Let's do that. Locked in. All right. We'll let you know more info on that. Today's topic is that shiny new camera syndrome. Mm. And you did say that we've perhaps mentioned this before, but I'm relating to this very much at the moment because I was away last week in New Zealand. And I took away my shiny new camera, which is not so new in a sense that I bought it last year. But I used it once or twice and went, yeah, nah, I don't think I like it. But I'm giving it another go. Can I just, for some context for everyone, (laughs) Tom, how much did this camera cost you that you tried to to get it for one or two times before you went, I don't think I like it? I was about to mention that, Matthew, but you've jumped the shark. It it cost me a little bit of money, so I figured... Jump the shark? (laughs) Who jumps the shark? (laughs) Is that what it's called? Jumping the gun. Oh, jumping... What does it mean when you jump jump a shark? Isn't that like when you, like, rob them? You jump, jump, jump someone? We should probably Google that before we start using that. Anyway, as a you phrase. spent a lot of money on this. I spent this a bit a little bit of money. A little too bit. much money. Well, sorry, in Tom's world it's a little bit of money. But for I'll most get people stuffed. it's a lot it's a lot of money. Get stuffed. It what is a lot it, of roughly? money. Give me give me how many digits are in the five decimal points. Five. There's five five. Five figures. And in, does it start with a one? It starts with a one. And the second number would be something along the lines of a <laughs> it's a, a two or a three. A one a, a one as well. One one. One one. One one. one. Yeah. Was a racehorse? <laughs> Seven, something, something, something. Right. Anyway, so um, look, I'm a working photographer. I need to have good quality gear, good quality tools. And I took this camera away to New Zealand to give it a second go. It's a medium format digital camera. And the problem is that it doesn't have great depth of field. And so you really need to be using a, a tripod with it. Mm. But I'm too lazy to use a tripod. Hey, pup. And I really do like just shooting from the hip. Those who have come away with me on workshops will know that um, I like to shoot a picture, get it right, and move on. 
Okay. Shooter picked you get it right every time. Just, just every First time, time every time. <laughs> and I'm not even looking through the viewfinder, baby. Yeah, that's it. Just literally shooting from the hip. Doesn't yeah. even look at it. I don't He's actually look. having a really cool cigarette at the same time. That's it, man. There you go, Mum. That's you hear it. that one? Got and the motorbike and the cigarettes. Anyway. <laughs> and the and the shirt button halfway down. <laughs> and it's the, a Miami, Miami the, like the leather jacket pink, over the top. Uh, pink shirt, You've got white it. pants. There's yeah. my outfit for the wedding next year. Love it. Anyway, um, there were a couple of things I was grappling with in all seriousness and I think others will relate. And the first thing is obviously that you think you get yourself a better camera mm. or a new camera or a new gadget mm. and it makes yourself a better photographer. Now, I feel like I'm learning <laughs> photography all over again. <laughs> it's kind of like somebody's thrown me in the deep end and said, here, learn how to swim. And I'm like, yeah, but I, I kind of thought I knew, but I don't know how because you've put all of these clothes on me. Mm. You know, I'm, I've got this new camera and I'm fiddling around with the controls. That's the other thing. I'm jumping the gun. But um, the first thing is that you're like very excited to get a new camera and you're kind of like, unreal. This is going to be fun and it's going to make me a better photographer, which... As we know, it doesn't necessarily. Is do. it fair to say that your photography or the photograph you're about to take is usually reflected by the subject matter in front of you? Like the camera itself, yes, it can help in some ways, but it like. It should be reflective of what's in front yeah. of you. And that's where you've got to not fall into that trap of thinking that, uh, and this is my third point. Oh, God, already. Is that, you know, you think that yourself, because you've got this bright, shiny new camera, that everything you point the camera at is going to turn to gold. No. You know, because you're excited at using something new, right? Yeah. And you're like wanting to put it through its yeah. paces, and that's what I—that's what I fell in the trap with. And in New Zealand, in a sense that you know that shot I put up on the Facebook group of that the twisted tree, tree, yeah, the tree, the infamous tree shot. I was thinking to myself, oh, this is really cool. This is amazing, and I'm using a wide-angle lens, and it's gonna look because I'm not used to using these really wide-angle lenses. This is gonna look really funky, and hey, this is not a composition that I would normally shoot. So again, it must be good. <laughs> And hence why it was good to put it up online and see really whether or not it was mm. good or whether it was shit. Because I did ask the participants at the time, I said, hey, come over here. Let me talk you through my thought process with this composition. Um, taking some photos to show them. And I said, am, am, is this really good or am I on drugs? <laughs> Tom, you're on drugs. They said you're on drugs, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought yeah, too. Yeah. yeah, did you? With that photo? Uh, no. You didn't like it? I didn't say that. Was it okay? I just said you might have been on drugs. <coughs> I can handle criticism. Can you? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Would that be something that I would print and put no, on the No, absolutely no, you wouldn't. No, no. Well, you, I mean, would, would, you, would you print it and put it on the wall? I don't know, maybe. Well, this is well, where I, you see, I'm, no. I'm, I'm not objective enough to no. be able to answer that I question. I thought that, you know what it was with that picture? It was the fact that the I think the subject matter all independently was really good. Mm. Like the twisted tree, totally agree. Had some really cool stuff in it. The mountains, really cool. Mm. The water lakey thing, really cool. Mm. It was. Do, do you know what it is for me? When I look at a picture like that, I always feel that if you have something in your foreground obstructing your background, background yeah, it indicates to me that you weren't conscious of the background. Yep. And I know that's a very narrow-minded look at it, but I sort of felt as though like that shot was all about the tree, but realistically actually what was quite interesting was the mountains behind it as mm. well. And so you got to look at the mountains, you're like, oh, the tree's kind of blocking it a bit. Yep. There was too much going on in that busyness yep. there. But yep. it's, 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 a, it's hard for the eye to rest in that photo. Yeah, but I, you know what though? This is like I've got some serious problems with photography in that way in that the amount of, I'll say, well-known photographers who produce work that... I look at sometimes and I go, I don't 
It's not that I don't get it. It's not a bad photo, mm. but it's got 12,000 likes and like 10 million shares and stuff. I'm thinking it's actually not that good. That good. There's not much right. in it. Like if, if any person who would like that photo published it, no one would have given it any second thought. But the fact that it's by that person, and I think that sometimes that's where it's really tricky is because to get a really good gauge as to whether it's a good photo or not, are people factoring in who took it? Because if you just show them a blind test, like if you put into yes. a camera club competition, yep. completely anonymous and blind, would it still get the same critique? Probably not. So what you're saying is that people were being nice to me by liking it and commenting on Facebook because it's mine? I don't think that they deliberately <laughs> did that. I think that there's a subconscious. subconscious yeah. The fact that you go, and I see it all the time because I, I do this on my workshops, right? I'll take a shot that'll mm. be really rushed, for instance, like mm. just as a demonstration yeah. or something. And I'll be like, oh, is that, you know, like, and you, people will be like, oh my God, that's fantastic. Or that, you know, that's, yes. and I'm thinking, no, it's not. It's totally rubbish. There's so many flaws in it. Well, it could be rubbish and to you, but to them, no, they'd no, be happy to then, take that photo. No, because then they go and take the same photo and they're like, oh, it's just not right. And I'm like, yes, it's okay. literally the exact same photo. Right. It's just that you took it and so you're not impressed with yourself. Okay, so you've eliminated that 100 percent yeah right but um but yeah i do That's agree with you on to a different topic that it I, is I, we it probably is. we should write that down yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> but but yeah. i do agree with you on the camera thing though it's easy to get into that mindset what i'm surprised at with your gfx decision though mm. around not like you know thinking it would give you I a better shot not to slander fuji's name no it's a great <laughs> camera know, you've got to admit it's a great camera well so long as you can use it properly. Exactly, yeah. If you've got the talent. Like, I think Cam well, Blake uses one, doesn't don't. he? Cam Blake uses one, does Who? he? Cam Blake from the Down South photo show? Never heard of him. Yeah. What's this Down South oh, thing? They don't rate about? very well, but... Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I thought they died a long time ago. I yeah, think probably. Still on, on yeah, I've, look, I've got a good memory. Um, but <laughs> It's going years back now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why. Wow. No, you know, I think I, I think I know, I know that by without you mentioning him, Nick Fletcher. It's true, but I do know that he's got one of those cameras because I think I saw him on an yes. Olympus Day recently. Well, he, he with probably that. was it? <laughs> no, that was a Leica. Oh, sorry, <laughs> um, terrible. But uh, Muriel, no, I, he that guy by the way has had more cameras than I've had breakfast. I reckon he, he won- changes his cameras more often than I change my undies and that's saying something because I like a fresh pair every day. So, okay, well, do you think then that, <laughs> do you think maybe that, that is the case that he's just trying to improve his photography just by buying more cameras, hoping that it changes things? Well, he's got to try something, doesn't he? Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> You're the worst. This is terrible. Come is. on. He's no. a good, no, come on. For anyone who doesn't know, he's a good mate of ours. Yeah. So we're just having fun. Yeah. Calm down, everybody. Don't worry. <laughs> Well, we're, he'll listen to this podcast. And the real question, Tom, is, is this fun for everybody? <laughs> yes, no. Yeah. no. That's it's called, called bullying. bullying. Yeah. We are. We At are. least we you recognise it. I'm going to the principal now that, and I'm yeah. telling him that you're exactly. being bullying. You're going, you're That's terrible. Yeah. Next it'll be Nick Fletcher we're bullying and that'll be much more fun. Oh, I know, right? Especially because he's a bit of a cripple too. So, so <laughs> new camera doesn't necessarily no. make a better photograph. But I was going to ask you though, sorry, with that, we were mm. going somewhere with the GFX. Yes. The difference is though, is that like, okay, if you have a full frame camera, let's say you have a Nikon Z9 as an example, if you'd spent, I don't know, how many thousands of dollars is that one? Sorry, Tom. I don't know. I don't, know. It's quite I don't a few. have one. Anyway. I don't know. Um, I want one. And then you one. say went and bought. Your shot. <laughs> so you went and then bought like a Z8. Yes. Which is essentially with lots of different features, but essentially. Well, not really. It's slimmed down version of the Z9. It just hasn't got the vertical grip and maybe a few okay. other things, but it's still okay. about the same price. All right. I'm just saying. Who else is? But it's a full frame camera that takes the same lenses. Yes. It will produce to a large degree the exact same picture. Yes. So that would be a decision where you go. That is silly to... Oh, my gosh. You're getting attacked by a dog. 
This is this is training for our thing in case we have wolves in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Wild dingoes. Dingoes stole my baby. That's it. You can hear Tom stroking something. That is a dog just for reference. Um, Isn't she beautiful? <laughs> but um, if you... <laughs> As, a, as opposed to what I normally I stroke, yeah. which is my other dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a GFX, right? I haven't even had a drink yet. Medium format camera. Yep. I would actually, personally, I would have thought, yeah, I would have thought that you'd pick it up and actually feel a difference because it is a different format. It gives you different lens compression, shallower depth of field. Yes, maybe more challenging, but you can also achieve more different things with a medium format than you can to a full frame. You can. And this is where I've heard other people comment, about other professional photographers saying, oh yeah, they've got a really good handle of that face now and they're producing good photos. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? How hard is it? It's a camera. Mm, no. But they act differently and they behave differently. So I guess that's a word of warning for people out there who are looking to say, you know, I need that new camera because it's going to, you know, I'll be able to take better photos and then realise that in fact that, um, you know, you are, this is my next point, that if you are buying a new camera and we're still buying a different brand, yeah, you are then having to relearn photography mm. pretty much all over again because the controls will be in different places. And it's, I think the biggest problem, do you find, when I used to run my one-day workshops and teach people, you know, just the basics of photography, that they would probably struggle with their camera for two reasons. One is they just don't know the basics, mm-hmm. the theory of photography, yep. you know, the exposure triangle, yep. for example. But also too just not knowing their camera well enough. Oh, especially in du- in the dark. If you do night photography, <laughs> oh, yes. the amount of times I've seen people nearly punch their camera over and just <laughs> oh, be like, throw it, stuff in, the, it. Throw it in yeah, the era. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but it is frustrating. And I'm suffering the same thing because the controls are all back the front on this camera, not what I'm used to, mm. with either a Canon or a Nikon. And I remember when I swapped from Canon after 25 years to Nikon, that was hard enough. Now, another 10 years later, I'm going from Nikon to, Pent- uh, to, to Fuji, Pentax and then Fuji, is... Oh, that's right. How do I change the aperture again? Yeah. It's frustrating. Well, it slows you down. Like, it's, that's the other thing is it's, it, as soon as it's not second nature, just to, like, your fingers are already doing it when you think about it. It's, it's like taking up right brain in. capacity. Yeah. And, and you really, don't have a lot of that to start I, with. I'm full as. Yeah. So what I say to my participants on these workshops sometimes is, like, guys, don't get muddled up with the numbers. Really, you're here to enjoy your photography. And if, and if you're not enjoying it because you're like, oh, what are the numbers again? or you're struggling to find out how to change things, simply change it to auto. And I'd prefer you to master light and composition mm. than trying to get it technically right. Yep. You know what 100%. I mean? 100%. Do you do that? Well, I always say to people, I don't necessarily go say, don't you necessarily use you're that very exact technical. Team. I use, no, I'm not. You are. You I are, use mostly, very, I never really go generally don't teach uh, manual in my workshops unless it's long exposures where you need to use it for an ND filter or Astro or something. Yeah. Um, I tend to encourage people to use aperture or shutter because it does a lot of the work for you if you know how to have some slight influence on it. But I do definitely agree with you that a lot of people get very hooked up on the whole, oh, it's got to be technically perfect. But then that inevitably means they get a boring shot. So it's technically perfect, but it's yes. very boring. Because they haven't thought enough about light or composition. They're so worried you know, about are we, are we, the cause of that, as workshop instructors, to be focusing so much on that technical side of things? I don't think so. Because I don't want to, I don't want 
to have that responsibility on my shoulders. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Maybe I, I, I can only I, speak from experience because you haven't invited me on one of your workshops, oh. so I don't know how much you harp on about no, the I definitely, triangle. No, I definitely do not. I, don't like even t- I hate the exposure triangle. It's the dumbest triangle on the planet. I've got so many other favourite triangles, but that's not right. one of them. Okay. Um, for instance, Love an obtuse triangle. Obtuse. Yeah, I know, it just sounds cool. Oh, wow. Um, You're harping back to my horrible school days <laughs> where I was sucked at maths. <laughs> But um, I think that the, the, the reason I, um, I think that this happens and maybe it's a reflection of workshops, I don't think it's the fault of workshops, I think it's a reflection of workshops, is that on a workshop you can't control your conditions and so you shoot to the conditions that you have on the day. Yep. And I think that the reason you and I and other photographers who have got more experience than someone who might be going on a workshop probably view the whole mastering light and composition thing more is that you actually need to get out there and just keep doing it. Mm. And you need to experience that same place in 10 different lighting environments to go, I kind of get it. And I can see, you know, I've shot this before in 10 different ways. And maybe even it wasn't deliberate, but different times of day means that that same location will have backlighting, side lighting, you know, uh, front lighting or whatever it is. And you can actually go back and compare your shots and be like, wow, this is my favorite. What's different? Oh, wow. The sun's coming from this other angle. And so it's kind of almost like a, you, you develop that eye for light but if you took someone out on a day like, I mean, we're looking out the window today. It's raining. It's the it's probably the epitome of grey. Rubbish. There's, yes. total, there's not even drama. There's, it's just grey. There's not even any definition in the clouds. No. It's like, horrible. There's not a, even the shadows in the plants and stuff. There's nothing. They're just like they're gone to sleep. The plants are depressed. Yeah. Look at them. <laughs> but if you took someone out on a workshop day today, which is not an unusable day, no, you can't talk about. Light. light and how to use light because well, it's it's going to be a pretty short conversation exactly. well, this is the, light. the and, sun is up but it's yeah. hidden by the clouds and the clouds are very boring totally. and we've got this very flat yeah. boring light and but even the opposite goes true as well like you look at your trip to new zealand last week yes. you had some epic light fantastic but do you need that conversation probably doesn't come up as much because it's like the light is amazing so you are shooting in amazing light you don't you can't control it so therefore Mm. A lot of people... But he's got to learn how to play with it. Like you can shoot into the light versus side lighting versus front lighting, which I talk a lot about. But if you went and and shot on a workshop, for instance, where you're trying to teach a technique, you know, and the sun is rising and the light's perfect pointing that direction, Mm. for for those who are wondering, I'm pointing (laughs) to my left. Um, (laughs) Would you really go, hey, and now that that really great light's happening over there, team, just to show you the difference, can everyone point their cameras to the shitty angle on the other side? And yes. take a shot just to compare them. Yep. No, you won't. You'll go, cool, this is amazing light. This is why it's amazing yep. light. But yep. yeah. I don't think I do enough of that, by the way. Two things that you've just brought up, and we are going to tie this up so that everybody listening can get some value out of it, is um, I don't do enough of that sort of here's a bad shot or here's mm. the sort of obvious shot that you might take when you first get to a location I like call this. I tourist pose. But versus, <laughs> yeah, that's a good word for it, versus now that I've had a little bit of time to explore this, this yeah. is actually where I'd want to stand and this is the shot I get. Yeah. I tend to sort of want to nail it straight out yeah. and you know get the perfect shot. Not that it always happens, but but what I was conscious of trying to do on that last workshop was actually go, this is the shot you didn't really get and then this is also, hold on, this is yeah. the shot that... You that know, you were going to do before I intervened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and for those who are interested... If you are not part of uh, Tom's tribe, sorry, a little bit of gratuitous oh. plug for my group. Hold on, on I Facebook, throw up into a cup a little bit. On Saturday, this will be released before Saturday. This Saturday morning at 10 a.m., I'm releasing a, over one hour's worth of video content 
uh, from the workshop where I actually compare the sort of less obvious sh shitty shot versus the, or the more obvious shot versus the less obvious. Yeah. And I've got them side by side. So it's topical. Very cool. What is more important to you? Is it the te technical side of stuff? I'm, I'm asking the listeners, by the way, mm. who are, if you're out there, is it more important to learn the technical side of photography versus the light or composition side? That's can a question I, can that I we could pose yeah. in, I'll pose in the it, Facebook yeah. group. Okay, we could do that. Yeah. We could, we could put well, a poll. I won't put my answer in there we'll then. We'll put a poll. Put a poll. We'll put a poll and then you can add to it. I just don't think that mutually exclusive though, is it? Because like you can learn how amazing, where to point your camera and everything, but if you don't have then have any technical knowledge, it's, it's a balance because if you don't have enough technical knowledge to actually then go and capture what it is that you see, but we've just discussed is 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 getting the technique or the, sorry. The I would say what's the priority, the not what's the most. You could just whack yeah. it on green and you know the iPhone does a great job, but we don't know what shutter speed and aperture is shooting on. No, but I can tell you the phones are very different beats. We talk about this a lot in my beginners workshop. A phone takes up to twenty or thirty shots when you hit the button, and it composites them together. Does it really? So it's yeah. not it's it's not it's, I'm not not going to say it's a bad thing or a cheat or anything like that. But yeah. one thing it does do is it's doing an edit for you. So for those people who take a phone shot and go, it's way better than my camera, it's because your camera shot hasn't probably been edited and processed, whereas yes. the phone's done that job. So the light will inevitably look good because you don't need the shutter speed, you don't need the aperture. It's got infinite depth of field anyway, really, most of the time. The shutter speed's kind of fast enough that it worked. Yep. ISO doesn't really matter because it's composited shots together. Yep. With your camera though, you can't be that lax with it because if you didn't get your shutter speed right, you know, how often you get motion blur in a phone? Yes. Very rarely. Yes. How often do you lack depth of field? Very rarely. How often is it too grainy? Very rarely. You know what? I hate it when you speak logic. No, no. You just shut down my whole argument. But we are talking about equipment today and yes. the shiny gear syndrome. Well, I think we should wrap it up because we've basically talked about what we needed to. We've covered off yeah. the points. And the three main points for those who are like wondering where the hell we've gone with this conversation and the things I struggled with with my camera last week in New Zealand was A, thinking that I had a new camera, therefore it was going to help yeah. me be, no. take better photos. Two, the fact that I had to relearn all the controls on the camera and I'm still struggling with that, even though I've probably spent 10, 20 hours with this camera mm. already. I'm still like, where do I... I don't even know how to turn this lens. There's no manual to autofocus lens Ugh, hate that. switch. Hate that. So I don't, this shoots in auto, but I don't know how to switch it to manual. So if I wanted to focus stack, I'd have to move the focus point. Well, just as a warning team, if you've got a GFX camera, <laughs> probably don't go on Tom's workshop. He doesn't know how to use a camera, so... Uh... <laughs> and then the third point is that you think that everything you point your camera towards is going to turn to gold because it's a brand new camera and you decided to use it and yeah. that's not necessarily going to be the case. So they're the sort of three main points that I found last week when I was struggling with this camera. Can I throw two more in there? Really, yeah, really please. Quick ones? Let's add some extra value. The first Bonus one, points. The first one is five. we talk about this a lot on some of my workshops because I do a lot of long exposure workshops, um, whether it's night or, you know, seascapes or waterfalls or whatever. I don't want to hear about you getting the amount your of off, people, Come on. The amount of people who rock up with, I call it the Christmas tree syndrome, where they set their camera up on a tripod, which looks a little bit like a Christmas tree. Okay. And then they go and decorate it with all these decorations. <laughs> so like it's down remote, that wrapped around oh, the, the remote trigger hooked up with a bag that attaches to the leg that hooks up to, you know, a bubble gauge level on top of their hot shoe. Very important. Looked, uh, hooked up to another thing. And, another, and there's so many bits hanging off their camera that by the time they actually get to taking the shot, there's so much junk if, that... If you go <laughs> onto the, uh, the Matt and Tom's excellent podcast, uh, you know, Facebook page, 
all of that merch is available. Yeah, it Bra- is. Branded. It is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> branded. Like, yeah. 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 And, and so for those who are like, hold on a second, I, I need to write all that 300% down. 300% markup. Just yeah. go <laughs> straight to that page. But it is the amount of stuff that, and I see how much gear people buy to, again, as you say, they buy a bubble level for their camera. Oh, okay. By the way, I can definitely see for purely for a landscape photographer, if you've got the gear, the room in your bag, it's not a bad tool to have. Oh, no, but why not the spirit level but built exactly. into the digital camera? Why do you need a remote trigger when you could use a two-second timer? Yes, Why do you need it? There's so many spirit things. Level. Like Even Tom, we were talking about on our hike, I'm talking about bringing my tripod and you're like, nah, I hate tripods. How many landscape photographers out there have spent a fortune going, a tripod will fix everything? And it's like, no, a tripod will hold it still, but it's not going to fix your photography. No. If you don't have a good composition, yep. the tripod will not improve that composition. Yep. It's just going to lock it off yes. more still. It's going to be a worse composition because well, it's now like it, stuck. Well, hold on. So there's two, well, that's another topic altogether whereby there's, there's two schools of thoughts so that a tripod teaches you to slow down and concentrate oh, yeah. more on the composition. But that's only for a certain personality yeah. type or a certain person who wants to do that. Because for me, yeah. yeah, it frustrates me and it slows me down and, and my creative flow, so to speak, is stifled by a tripod. So I actually mm. use them only when I have to. Yeah. But that's the Fourth, thing. number five. And the last Christmas thing I was going to say, so that's the Christmas tree effect yes. is a problem. You don't, don't buy gear you gadgets. don't need. Yep. No. Slim your bag down. The simpler your kit, the more you can focus on what's important. The last I think you buy here, stuff when you realise there's something missing. Definitely. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, I'll get that because yeah. I haven't got it. If I see a shiny thing on Facebook these days, I'm like, ooh. The first <laughs> thing I go is, Matt, you've done this before. Don't yes. do it. Just the, ring me next time that's and it. I will remind you. The Matt, last thing no, I'm going to say it. is for this is that all of these examples that we have where we're spending fortunes of money on this gear, you know what's going to get you a better shot? Going to a better place. So yes. if you have, you know, 12, arguably, what is it, Tom? $12,000 to spend on a Fuji GFX camera. I, who, mate, I don't have that sort of money. What are you talking about? Ridiculous. <laughs> well, if you have that kind of money that you happen to be spending on that camera, you kind of artist. go, you know, and then you've got, you know, maybe, I don't know, like another Z9 kicking around and maybe a Z8 and nah, all these what, other cameras. You Never just go, heard of those. If that's going to inhibit you from doing the experiences, hiring a helicopter, Chartering a flight. I've always said this. Going to another holiday destination. Yep. Staying an extra few days. Yes. Um, a couple of days down the beach even. Like it doesn't have to be far. Mm. That is, all getting education. That's going to go so much further it, it is. than buying a bell or a whistle that's just going to get in your way. I've always, I always say to my workshop clients, hold on a second, is buying that gadget going to stop you, inhibit you from coming on another one of my workshops? Because if so, it's not allowed. Yeah. And if you've got Should enough money that you can do both, Knock yourself out. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not allowed because they've got to spend their money on edu- education and an experience versus buying a new camera thinking it's going to take yeah, you better photos. Yeah, just not. All right. I All think right. we've banged that enough. Hey, we're going to draw. Oh, yeah. We've got to call the person. We've got to call. Do you want me to call? Yeah, you can call. I'll call. Then you're going to call. Then you'll have your phone number. Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's it. Oh, do I get to choose the number? You get to choose number. the number. Okay, so here we go. What number has it landed on? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's number 14. Four t- no, we didn't have that many entries. No. <laughs> Hold on a second. Number between one and, true? 1 and 10. 1 and 11. Oh my gosh. Team, can I just say? Yes. That is, if you want, that is the easiest $100 you are ever going to win. That's a 1 in 10 chance. 11 people 
have, well, and it's have be, entered our competition. It has for to this be number week. one then, because I number mean, they one got in first. I I love that idea. Yes, she. That did. won't happen next week, though. <laughs> she did enter. She. Well, let me guess. It's one of Tom's <laughs> favourites again. No, but but um, I'm not sure that I've spoken to this person before, but I certainly know her name from Facebooks. Well, go on. Hit us with a name. Give us a first name. Her name is Marg. Oh. And she is coming up in my phone as being saved even. Oh. And, and her Tinder profile's also <laughs> popped up. Oh. <laughs> and she got the uh, secret code word right. Do you remember what it was for last week, Matt, while I was in New Zealand? The secret code word. Do you remember we were talking about helicopters and you said it was? I don't. No. Squirrel nuts. Squirrel nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel nuts. So let's give Marga a call. All right. You can probably hold that a little... No, yeah. a little further? A little further. Yeah, it was a bit but loud. That's the microphone and not the speaker end. Flip it that way. Hello, Margaret speaking. Margaret, this is Tom Putt calling from the Matt and Tom's Excellent Photography Podcast. Hey, How are Marg. you? Oh, great. Thank you. You've answered the phone. Do you know... Well, what were you doing? Hold on. You were just about to say something. I, I was actually just working. So just well, working. You don't need yeah. to work anymore, Mark, because you've won. <laughs> the $100 gift voucher from our friends at Brilliant Prince. How cool is that? Oh, that is brilliant. Thank you. It so is much. literally, literally brilliant. And hold on, you got the secret code word right. She spelt it over two words, which was excellent. Yeah. And tell me, how often do you listen to our podcast? Tell me it's every week and it's the best podcast in the world. Yeah, it is, and I've listened to every episode. Twice. And twice. I heard, I heard her say twice. <laughs> and now that you've got the competition, I had to listen within the fortnight instead of sort of catching up when I do my big trips. So, oh, you know, yes. I've been listening, a little, listening a little more regularly. Well, oh. it looks like the technique's working for those, <laughs> those uh, three people who entered. Um, yeah. Our marketing ploys are coming together. You were the first to enter this week. Uh, Matt chose, uh, got to choose yet again who was going to win from the um, Well, no, I chose the one and the number. Chose I didn't the number. choose who. And he chose yeah, number one you and you... You are number one. Congratulations. And oh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Have you, are you in my, saved in my phone? Have we met before? Have you come on one of my workshops, Matt's workshops? Oh, I've been on the Frankston Photography Club committee and organised you to come, come and speak to us the last time you spoke. Right. Um, so we've known each other, we've met each other before. This is great. Right. Um, we it was only online. Ah. I do pop into the gallery every now and again because I'm fairly local. But <laughs> but let's face it, Tom's never really actually there because um, <laughs> he's a bit too famous for that. I'm a very um, famous yeah. person. When, you, when it's a franchise, it's hard to get to all. Franchise, um, <laughs> to you. yeah, they're everywhere. Mark, um, we will send you all the details. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for entering. Um, we love you for being a regular listener of our podcast. So thank you once again. And did you get? Um, Oh. Absolutely love it. Who is the funniest out of Matt and I? When you listen to the podcast, who gives you the most laughs? You both do. You, you mm. dance on each other. It's they're, they're so diplomatic when I ask that question, aren't they? They are. They're very good like that. Yeah. Well, thanks, Mark. We've got all your details. We'll send you uh, all the information today and uh, we'll catch you next time on the podcast. Thank you very much. See you later. See Have a great ya. day. Bye. Thanks. Another happy podcast listener, I Matt. think we need to... Um, I think we need to probably wrap this show. 
We do. I'm going to go and buy some shiny new toys. You do. Go and buy some shiny new toys. I've got to uh, go and pick up kids from school. Thanks, everybody, for listening to yet another amazing episode of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us for yet another episode of Matt and Tom's excellent podcast. This episode is brought to you by Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Putt, both of whom are working photographers running workshops all over Australia and of course the world. Join us on one of our workshops and in the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast to make sure you stay up to date.